0: Africa rise and shine Africa sola Africa amka na unai
1: Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa, Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective coming to you live in Johannesburg, South Africa. We're on DSTV's audio bouquet Channel 802 and on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm Lulu Gabu in studio with Anne Moussa, Tabisuluhoko and Fikile Nwati. In our top stories on Africa, Rise and Shine at the Sawa. South Africa's ruling party takes on early lead as results start trickling in. And South Africa signs new oil deal in war-ravaged South Sudan. In economics news, Rwanda announces plans to provide seeds to farmers to conduct on-farm trials. And in sports news, the IAAF denies claims that it is targeting South Africa's Casta Semenya. But first up, the news with Anne Moussa.
2: A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussa. South Africa's Electoral Commission has assured the nation of the overall integrity of the election process following reports of alleged double voting by some voters. The commission briefed the media at the results operation centre in Pretoria last night. The Electoral Commission's Commissioner Tumuyepia, says there are layers of security that prevent voters from committing fraudulent activities.
3: One, the voter's role only allows for a single registration per voter. Two, the requirement for voters to produce a valid ID document before they vote. Three, the scanning of ID documents prior to voting. Four, the marking of a voter's stamp with ink. Party agents and observers monitoring all aspects of the voting, the counting, and the results capturing processes.
2: Chairperson of the EFF party Dal Mpofu says they hope the Electoral Commission will be able to provide clarity on allegations of double voting in the general elections. The electorate has been complaining about scanners malfunctioning and the indelible ink being removed by a wash. Mpofu says the Electoral Commission must address the issues. With more than 19% of voting districts declared in South Africa, the national vote count has surpassed the 2.1 million mark thus far. The ANC is leading with just over 54% of the national vote. The main opposi- uh, the DA is on 27% and the EFF is on 8% of the national ballot. Sudanese protest leaders have called for a nationwide campaign of civil disobedience to pressure the military to transfer power to a civilian government. However, the military has suggested it may call elections within six months if talks with opposition activists fail to reach an agreement on the structure of an interim government. Thousands of protesters remained camped outside the military headquarters in the capital Khartoum almost four weeks after the armed forces ousted President Umar Abashir as demanded by months of protests. And finally, 40 people are, are being investigated in Britain in connection with allegations of child sexual abuse and exploitation in the town of Rotherham in northern England. It's part of a wider criminal investigation after at least 1,400 children in the town were found to be abuse victims between 1997 and 2013. The BBC's Fiona
4: Trott reports. These new allegations have been made by 13 victims. Some of them say they were just 11 years old when the abuse started in 1997 and lasted up until 2015. As a result, 38 men and two women have been arrested over the past two months. Their age between 29 and 53 and have all been bailed or released under investigation pending further inquiries. Operation Stovewood began in 2014. It's the largest law enforcement investigation into child sexual exploitation, not involving family members, in the UK. And that's the news
2: headlines at 8.30 Central African time.
3: Follow
5: Channel Africa on these social media platforms, on Facebook, Channel Africa One, on Twitter, at Channel Africa One, and YouTube, on Channel Africa Radio. Our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Channel Africa, from an African perspective.
1: (laughs) With just over 1.3 million votes counted, the African National Congress is leading the national race with 52.76%, the DA with 28.34% and the EFF with 7.49%. This after more than 3,100 voting districts have declared. For more analysis of this, Leanne Manners spoke to political analyst Susan Boyson at the IEC Results Center in Pretoria.
6: But we see obviously the ANC being in a dominant position and so far it seems the ANC might be able, will be able to sustain support above that 50% level which some opinion polls had even doubted. Yeah. The DA is coming through in, at this early stage, second place and the EFF in a third place. Not spectacular seems at the stage but a mm. solid third place and then we are really watching those small political parties because we know up to 10% of the national vote is likely to be going to the as shown the results, to so have gone to the small parties, the smaller parties and yeah. which ones then? Yeah. So far, the Freedom Front seems to be standing on a solid percentage. Good seems to be coming through, and then we will be. Uh, we'll have to differentiate which of the smaller parties are only going to get into the provincial legislatures, and which ones actually into national parliament. Yeah. And yeah. as we know, small parties can make an interesting difference.
4: Yeah, I mean, when we when we look at uh, at what you know the results that we have on hand right now. Uh, um, I think we can put up a graphic of where we're at so far. But uh, this was maybe a couple of minutes ago. Um, more than 3,100 voting districts have been declared. I mean, we've got to keep on saying that there are 23,000 voting districts in South exactly. Africa. So, you know, we've got a, a long way to go. So, uh, Susanna, I want to just see, maybe you can have a look at, this, uh, at the screen there um, of the national results. This is from the IEC. So these aren't predictions. These are actual votes. Uh, We can see the IFP sitting at 30,616, and then we'll slowly pan down Mm -hmm. and have a look at other parties that jump up. The NFP, 3,100 is what they're sitting at, Um, and we'll keep on uh, panning a little bit lower. ANC, 1 million. They've gone over 1 million at this point of the vote, 1,038. BLF, 1,120 so that's where they're mm-hmm. sitting right now yes. um, please shout in when you also do one jumps yes. out at you there's the DA 529,000 uh, votes yes. 674 yes. and the freedom front plus 69,623 early yes. days but what mm-hmm. are you making of these these votes so far you know it is it's interesting
6: the hierarchy that is emerging between the small parties Compare that to ones you've just mentioned, for example, with COPE, that is only coming out on
4: 7,700 and something at this stage. And look at the EFF, 150,966. Is this going to be, um, I do say it's sort of, you know... um, in a way, that is a bit harsh. And there's the good yes. party at 16,655. You mentioned COPE. Is it 7,711? <laughs> yes, probably off the representation list in Parliament. There you go. And, I mean, this yes. is a, a worrying sign already for the parties like COPE. There's the UDM at 8,888. I mean, mm-hmm. what's going to happen to these parties? I mean, do we see them falling off the radar?
6: Several of them, yes. Uh, and uh, the difference between those established Parties, smaller ones who have been in Parliament, cope from a decade ago when they just launched 8% 8 of the national vote and they're going down, down, down. Subsequently, very likely to fall off the representation radar in Parliament. And then these new small parties... (laughs) two or three or five I think it seems like good maybe breaking through into parliamentary representation and the ATM it seems could be there in Parliament
4: yeah. uh, so many are these small ones I've got a, an update on some of the uh, the election statistics right now um, we're almost at two million votes counted yes. and that's that's looking it's looking quite good at this point we're sitting at 25,686 spoiled votes but you know we are looking here at a voter turnout because that's also mm. a big one and people were very concerned that the voter turnout would drop below 60%. Whereas in South Africa we've we've always been actually not drop mm. below 60, drop below 70 because exactly. we as a country have always been very good with our election turnout over 70%. Yes, yes. Right now it's sitting at 64% turnout mm-hmm. but but still again I use that line early days we're going to constantly be oh, saying yes, that yes. but that's where we're at right now. What are your sort of thoughts and predictions mm. of turnout? Yes. Our previous lowest one the previous
6: election was 73.5%. And so there is no doubt that it will be below that. I know people have been doing polls suggested that it could be around 70%. The current early indications are that it's well below that 70% and that it would actually be interesting if at all it reaches the 65% turnout. And that is still high by international standards, yes, but... It will, that will also be a strong political statement yeah. because we know from our research and just interviews, many people are saying they just cannot make up their minds. All parties come with some big baggage and who are the small parties and then chose to make that political statement. So they, uh, the non-vote abstention... Many different things. Um, but to most important: people do not care. They think they won't make a difference in their individual vote. Or it is actually a political statement as well. There's no way, unfortunately, we can differentiate. But if there is a sharp increase in abstention, lowering
4: of turnout, it will definitely be a political statement as well. Mm. All right. Um, As the results, the top three parties nationally so far, ANC sitting at 53% of the vote, the DA 27% of the vote, and the EFF at 7.8%. And uh, voting districts completed 4,110, that's 17,17% of the voting districts.
1: That was political analyst Professor Suzanne Boyson speaking to Leanne Manners at the IEC Results Centre in Pretoria. The South African Independent Electoral Commission's Chief Executive Officer Sai Mamabulo says all the polling stations that were running behind schedule eventually opened. He spoke to the SABC about some of the challenges that were faced yesterday during election day and how the commission will address these irregularities.
7: You've got to look at whether everybody who was willing to vote in fact presented themselves what the the turnout is um, in those particular voting stations. Of course, uh, it's within the power of the commission to decide whether they're tainted enough to be taken into consideration in the count or whether to order a re-vote in uh, in those specific uh, voting stations. Uh, Those are Uh, the um, remedial actions that are available uh, to the Commission.
5: As it stands right now, Are there any that, even at this stage, look as though they could be tainted and would warrant a recount?
7: Not not at this stage, of course, it's uh, it's still early. Um, We have most of today to consider um, all these types of issues and as they come to the fore, the Commission will convene to take appropriate decisions.
5: So KZN there in Birdville that situation was quite uh, strenuous because, as you said, it had opened, it had closed, the community uh, really came out there, they blockaded, uh, they literally closed that area off even the police couldn't get in at some point so in the end uh, what was the voter turnout there
7: nope um, I don't have the the voter turnout yet uh, we've got to capture first and once we've done so we will have uh, turnout figures for you um, yes quite strenuous I think uh, it's unacceptable unacceptable that um, people who have uh, one or the other type of grievance would uh, impede people from exercising their constitutional right to vote. It's inimical to democracy. It's something that society should not tolerate.
5: So, uh, just looking at some of the others, uh, there was uh, in Mbizana Municipality, there was one there, uh, they, they also had particular problems of actually uh, getting people to vote. Then we had the Vuanis and you know, some other hotspot areas that had been identified previously. And are you satisfied at this stage that people were at least relatively able to exercise their democratic right?
7: At this stage, all indications are that people had um, relative access to the voting process uh, in those areas. We will obviously have got to look at the figures against the number of people uh, who are registered. We've got to get um, accounts from presiding officers as to whether um, there were any things that may have been uh, untoward and appropriate determinations will then be made.
5: Have there been any complaints from political parties at this stage?
7: As at late last night, uh, we were sitting at um, five objections. Uh, Those will be considered um, before the results are declared.
5: Naturally. The nature of those objections, though, are you able to share those with us?
7: No. uh, Those are within the province of the members of the Commission. Uh, As the head of the administration, we are not involved with with the objection unless uh, certain information is called for by the Commission.
5: And then, uh, of course, uh, just also looking at some of the other complaints that arose, uh, the city of Cape Town, uh, they were quite prominent uh, members of the public on social media yesterday talking about ballots not arriving or they've been told that there were no ballots at various uh, polling stations. What Mm. happened there?
7: Look, there were enough ballots, um, as I indicated yesterday, um, that there was enough ballots for every voter who had been registered. Clearly in certain uh, points of the country people did not follow the distribution instructions fully which created these types of problems where the ballots uh, ran out and so on. Um, And that includes the city of parts uh, of the city of Cape Town. Um, as well as parts of Hauteng. It's it's quite disappointing uh, that we've had those types of uh, situations because provisioning was done sufficiently.
5: And and, and I was going to ask about that because surely you would have statistically an indication of how many ballots you would need more or less and the fact that the ballots ran out for some people was a huge bone of contention.
7: Indeed a bone of contention and uh, as I say highly regrettable. It ought not to have happened because the instruction was clear, provide 100% to the voting station, 100% of the registered population to the station. And we still had a buffer uh, that we could redistribute to account for um, people voting outside of voting stations where they are registered and so on. So all those things were taken into account uh, in the planning. bad uh, execution on the side of our officials. Um, however, you know, um, the good thing is that we're able to respond and to then to um, get the process going again.
5: And then, of course, there's also uh, the issue of um, the disgruntlement of those voters. Do they have any recourse at this stage of what they can do? Because, for example, in the hotspot areas that we mentioned, some of the troubled areas, where people were unable to cast their vote either because they felt intimidated or they were prevented from doing so, is there any recourse?
7: Well, options are limited at this point, um, other than in instances where the Commission could potentially uh, order a, a, a revote. But of course, uh, those are measures you don't go to quite easily. Um, you've got to consider all um, relevant factors.
1: As Chief Executive Officer of the Independent Electoral Commission, Sai Mamabulo, speaking to the SABC's Sakinakamuendo.
8: Just a reminder, Spotlight Africa, a feature program that showcases and highlights African issues from an African perspective, can be heard every Wednesday at 10-hundred hours UCT, with repeats on Wednesday at 20-hundred hours, Thursday at 300 hours, and Sunday at 1300 hours UCT. Listen to Spotlight Africa, a program that interrogates issues from an African perspective. Spotlight Africa.
0: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa
1: It's 819 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg. In South Africa now South Africans are now eagerly awaiting the results of the six Democratic national and provincial elections which took place across the country yesterday counting of the ballot papers started last night after polling stations closed after 9 p.m. Central African time except for those who were running behind schedule as counting continues the ruling African National Congress takes an early lead. The Independent Electoral Commission is expected to update the media on this later this morning. To talk more about this, we are now joined on the line by SABC specialist researcher Ranesh Adhorej. Ranesh, good morning and thank you so much for joining us on Africa Rise and Shine.
9: Hi, good morning Lulu. Always great to be with you guys.
1: You know, i've been i've been following you on twitter and and watching yeah. your updates and and you you literally didn't sleep the whole night
9: yeah literally because we had a television interview last night and then we had radio this morning and more bulletin updates and all of that so i'm still at the iec as i speak to you at this moment just watching the results coming in
1: thick and fast. Now what's the state of the results so far? How are the different political parties faring as results trickling in? We are watching as well on on TV, but uh, you're there. Mm-hmm. Just give us an update of the atmosphere and you know some of the reactions that are coming mm-hmm. through.
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lulu, you know the atmosphere here at the um, uh, Swane Event Center is absolutely electric. Lots of political parties here. we all watching those electronic uh, billboards downstairs and we also on the website, watching the IEC's website for, 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 for all these instant real-time updates. Just to give you a, a, a quick update on the results thus far, nationally we just crossed the 2.8 million vote count mark. And I've got to give you a disclaimer because right now only 23.45% of voting districts have declared. So only 5,377 out of a total of around 23,000. So it's still very, very early days. And also remember... Um, all eight metros have not declared their results yet. So we expect the metro results to be finalized by maybe late Friday evening, early Saturday morning. But as we look at the scoreboard for the National Assembly, the ANC is taking an early lead with 1.5 million votes. Uh, that's equating to around 55% of the popular ballot. Then the year in second place with just close to 750,000 votes for the National Assembly. That's around 26%. And in third place, is the EFF with
1: 8.10% support. We heard earlier the EFF uh, spokesperson, Dr. Mbuya Angelos, is speaking about the fact that for the first time, they are now on all, literally, all the, the, the scoreboards, on the numbers boards, whereas before, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. they were not really there, they were not really featuring, and for them, yeah. that's, that's a good thing. Now, Early numbers, um, early counting, uh, results expected on Saturday to be announced on Saturday evening. Uh, We just saw on the news that uh, the DA says they are going to request for a count audit. How's that going to delay? Is that going
9: to delay the process? How's that going to work? I'm not really sure about the context of uh, the DA's request, but if it's requesting um, a recount of some sort... uh, Normally, what the IEC will do, they'll probably investigate it and refer it to, you know, IEC election management. And if that result, whichever they are contesting, has no material bearing on the overall final result before Saturday's official announcement, then obviously, you know, that result might be delayed if there is a request for a recount. But, you know, going back to the EFF, um, you know, we have to remember that Gauteng, if you look at the voting districts that have declared that's far, it's only 14%. And we all know in the 2016 local elections and plus the uh, 2014 general elections, the, uh, the EFF performed very well in the townships of Gauteng. Uh, uh, you know, uh, if you look at the metros, the, the major metros in housing, Johannesburg, Chwane, and Ekuruleni. So those votes are still outstanding. And we somehow suspect that, uh, that the EFF tally will somehow, uh, you know, escalate more to a higher level, especially in housing, um, uh, especially, if, you know, in, in, in some of the major metropoles. We also expect them to, you know, show very well in Cape Town, Ithakwini, uh, Buffalo City, Nelson Mandela Bay Metro, um, and, and, and one or two other places, and obviously Limpopo. You know, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, that's a province that has no metro. But obviously, you know, Julius Malema, the commander-in-chief of the EFF, has a very strong support, very strong following in Limpopo. Uh, uh, so, 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 we expect the EFF to do very well in. In, in, in Limpopo, and if you recall back in 2014, the ESF became the official opposition in two provinces, that was Northwest and in Limpopo. So obviously, they're also expecting to become the official opposition of perhaps the governing party in maybe one or two or maybe three other provinces.
1: Now let's speak about uh, the IEC and uh, you know them maintaining the t- integrity of uh, the results as they count. Um, many reports of irregularities um, yesterday. Thus, the DA. Uh, asking for uh, a possible um, audit or recount because um, apparently there's reports of people having voted twice um, which sure. has not been confirmed as yet um, but this is what's out there in the in, in the media on social media yeah. now yeah. you know the doubling of voting talks of some results being rigged is there a way they're going to work
9: around this I'm not too sure, Lulu. Uh, You know, yesterday there was a briefing towards the latter part of the night where the IEC kind of clarified these matters. And remember that the IEC cannot declare the results before nine o'clock tomorrow, Friday. So so, so, so they have that window period, if there are any complaints, if there are any objections or queries regarding the results. So the IEC has that uh, maneuvering room uh, to, 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 to actually sort out all these issues. And and, and also remember that uh, the IEC has uh, something called, uh, you know, these meetings, these um, PLC meetings, uh, party liaison committee meetings with the different political parties that actually participate in these elections. So whatever issues they are around these elections, they can actually consult with the parties at these PLC meetings. And there is a big uh, meeting room, a uh, uh, huge boardroom here, at the Swana Event Centre, so I think those kind of problems will probably be ironed out tomorrow, uh, later Saturday morning. And and you know there is another media briefing today. There will probably be another media, media briefing tomorrow to update the South African public. You know what were the complaints? How did they resolve it? And also very importantly, remember. The IEC's budget was somehow cut by about 300 million sometime last year. So the IEC is working under very constrained circumstances now to manage this very huge election, national and provincial elections, technically 10 different elections for the National Assembly and the nine different provincial uh, legislatures. So from where we are sitting, the IEC has done a sterling job, and obviously these cheating problems will come up. But but, but let's wait for the IEC to pronounce itself at that media briefing later today.
1: You know, some uh, polling stations yesterday had slow starts. Some were not open on time, but uh, yeah. w- they were compensa- compensated as uh, um, they opened until way after nine p.m., which was uh, the yeah. close of time. Um, yeah. You know, going forward, the buzz that's there at uh, the Rock, um, as yeah. it is uh, known. Um, you know, and you obviously maybe speaking to some of your colleagues on the ground, and what's their feeling with regards to the elections taking place. Um, You know, yesterday and how everything is going forward. 300 million is a lot of money to be taken away from your budget. And, uh, you know, when people complain, they don't Mm. think about um, that 300 million that was taken away from your budget to make sure that the election is held and run smoothly.
9: Absolutely. I agree, Lulu. And, and you know, just talking about the buzz around the IEC, you know, the rock as it's known here, the Suane Events Center, everybody's excited. We've got all these political parties. There is a vibe. There's no kind of animosity or, uh, you know, it's, it's also 25 years of democracy that the country is celebrating. So I think... Uh, you know, with with, with all that excitement around 25 years of democracy, those kind of problems are going to surface anyway. If you reflect back on the 2016 local elections, 2014 general elections, those kind of problems were there. So from a media perspective, we not looking too suspiciously into, uh, you know, what went wrong. We just looking at the IEC, that's the fact that They held this together. You know, they held these 10 elections. Uh, Voting stations did not open on time. I think it was just under 10. But uh, those voting stations eventually opened, and whoever was in that line, uh, by the cutoff time, 9 o'clock, those people were accommodated, uh, uh, accommodated as far as I know. And I think those voting stations closed slightly after 1, 2 in the morning.
1: Ranesh, it's always a pleasure chatting to you and I'm sure sleep deprivation for the rest of the week for you. You're going, only going to start relaxing um, yeah. really on on Sunday morning, I can say safely.
9: Thanks, Linus.
10: Thanks. thanks, have a great thanks one.
1: Thank so much. That's uh, SABC specialist researcher Ranesha Adorage, and he was joining us from the ROC Centre, um, where the IEC is uh, stationed until the election results are released on Saturday evening. And He was chatting to us, just giving us an update on, on the results and going forward. It's 8.30 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. Our headlines up next with Nossi Lezuma.
2: Thank you, Lulu. Good morning. South Africa's Electoral Commission confirms more than 19,000 spoiled ballots since the start of counting last night, while voter turnout is standing at 64.45%. Meanwhile, the Electoral Commission has assured the nation of the overall integrity of the election process following reports of alleged double voting by some voters. And Sudanese protest leaders call for a nationwide campaign of a civil disobedience to pressure the military to transfer power to a civil civilian government and Moussa will give you a full bulletin at 9.
1: The Independent Electoral Commission of South Africa has vowed to investigate all allegations of electoral fraud and pursue criminal charges against perpetrators. This follows reports of alleged double voting by some voters. It says there are layers of security to prevent voters from committing fraudulent activities. Debo has more.
10: The IEC has assured South Africans of the overall integrity of the election process. At least two separate incidents of electoral fraud have been brought to the attention of the commission. It's alleged that some voters were able to cast more than one vote at different polling stations. But the IEC's Musotumwepa says the electoral fraud is a criminal offence, insisting that their system would enable them to trace the perpetrators.
3: All of these leave a detailed footprint of voter participation in the process and can be used both separately and in combination to identify instances of electoral fraud. As part of the process of finalizing the results of the elections, the commission will assess data from scanners, VEC forms. These are forms used when voters vote outside of their voting districts and the voters role to identify any potential risks. Where evidence is found to support electoral fraud, the Electoral Commission will firstly quarantine the results of the affected voting districts, and secondly, will pursue criminal charges against the perpetrators who will be very well known to us. We have indicated that they would have left footprints with us, and we will pursue those footprints
10: also those with evidence of electoral fraud to come forward with the information.
3: The Electoral Commission appeals to any party or person who may have evidence of any electoral fraud or significant irregularity to report this immediately so that it can be thoroughly investigated. The Electoral Commission will not allow the potential misconduct of one or two individuals, be they voters or election officials, to taint the overall outcome of these elections. The Electoral Commission appeals to any party or person who may have evidence of any electoral fraud or significant irregularity to report this immediately so that it can be thoroughly investigated. The Electoral Commission will not allow the potential misconduct of one or two individuals, be they voters or election officials, to taint the overall outcome of these elections.
10: And he has allayed the fears of South Africans, saying the Commission has layers of security in place to help them pick up any wrongdoing. The Independent Electoral Commission hopes to release the final results on Saturday evening. I am Tebumo in Pretoria.
1: Leader of South Africa's Inkatha Freedom Party, Prince Mangusutu Buthelezi, does not rule out the possibility of his party going into a coalition with other parties should not should his party not get an outright majority. Buthelezi was speaking after casting his vote at the polling station at in a traditional council in guazulu Natal. Meanwhile, National Freedom Party leader Zanele Makwazam-Sibi also cast her vote at Gwatengi Sankage polling station. Makwazam-Sibi has high hopes that the NFP will get enough votes to remain in parliament. Busima Kwasini reports.
11: Prince Mangosu Tubtelezi says the IFP went into these general elections with its option open to work with other parties if there is no outright winner.
12: It depends which party I think, but in principle I'm quite open to that because if you look at the older democracies in Europe for instance, most, most many governments are a coalition, in the mature democracies, coalition is, is, is the latest game in town always. So, as far as this is concerned, in fact, this is a good example because in Johannesburg, the IFP is actually in the ex with, with with the other parties, in coalition, that enabled the DA to actually govern Johannesburg city. There's quite no pr- principle. For instance, uh, the ideology that I don't agree with. I don't agree with socialism."
11: The veteran IFP leader also registered his sadness about the passing of his wife, Prince Irene Mutelezi, saying it's the first time in many years that she is not next to him as he cast his vote.
12: As I cast my vote this morning, I feel I've achieved a milestone. For this is the tenth time that I've voted in a democratic election. With every election, I'm reminded of the years of struggle and hope that brought us to this point. My only sadness this morning is feeling the absence of my wife, Princess Irene. For all these years we have gone together at your voting station here at Machawatini Council offices and cast our vote together and I miss sharing this and so many other moments with her. Meanwhile, NFP party leaders
11: Anega Makoza accompanied by some party leaders, cast her vote at Watengsangai polling station, also in Ulundi. Speaking outside the voting station, partnership Spokesperson Simom Kwanazi said the NFP is still an important player in South African politics.
9: Even if it was not a, an SG would be concerned with any member. Uh, of the party leaving the organization.
0: However, we are optimistic that we have received more members uh, from other political parties and from neutral people. So yeah, we would be doing well in these
11: elections regardless of the circumstances that one have come across. Queues at some voting stations started way before the 7 o'clock opening time. In some areas, people boycotted the elections and embarked on service delivery protests. Those who killed early in the morning had this to say about voting. ukuthi go to vote, for are going to have to
8: buy petrol. to to buy petrol. We are to have to buy petrol. to Police
11: <laughs> had their hands full in some areas where service delivery protests delayed voting. I am Vosima Kossin in Ulundi.
0: Channel Africa. <laughs> Africa rise and shine. I
5: am Hilda kekeloa in Zambia.
0: This is Simon muchema in Harare, Zimbabwe. Jean-Noël Channel Africa, Kinshasa. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. This is Moki Kinzeka. Inyawundi Informing the world about Africa
1: ngatani in Mahalizuk Lesotho
6: And I am Dana Wanyonyi for Channel Africa in Mombasa S-
1: Incidences of sex crimes and camps for internally displaced persons in Nigeria has reared its ugly head again, with victims lamenting their ordeal at the hands of security agents. In the latest development, the Benue State government in Nigeria's North Central geopolitical zone has now set up an investigation panel to look into the issue. Collins Adohengbe reports.
13: It's no joke being a refugee in one's country. First out of one's traditional homestead by unprovoked attack and circumstances that would otherwise have been nipped in the bud had the right step been taken by the relevant authorities. But it's worse to be forced into the humanizing condition in a camp and then to have one's right violated by those who are vested with the responsibility of keeping the displaced safe. This is the case of women in the internally displaced persons camp in Benue State, north-central Nigeria where young girls and married women are regularly being raped by security agents and some locals in their host communities with some of them having children whose fathers they do not know. When the issue was first raised some time ago, the military authorities denied the involvement of its staff but went on to set up committees to probe the veracity of the report. The outcome of that exercise is yet to be made public. Recent development has, however, lent credibility to the claims of the involvement of security agents in incidences of rape. Though no one has been caught yet, but the number of children born by a raped victim has continued to soar. Professor Sunday Ochaoche, Director of Victim Support Fund, says, Amidst the problem, government's plan is good enough to resolve the myriads of problems faced by the displaced persons.
8: The challenge of IDPs following the different crises right now, majority of which, of course, is still related to the Boko Haram insurgency is enormous. The figures are very striking and I believe are very correct as to how much of the IDPs we have. The federal government, the state governments have responsibilities towards these internally displaced persons. Yes, there are plans towards the management of the condition of these IDPs. The most comprehensive plan that exists right now is the plan of the federal government for the restoration of the totality of, uh, of the crisis arising from the Boko Haram insurgency. and uh, It has different components and different provisions and uh, seeks in different ways
13: you know, to address the challenges of IDP. But to human rights activists, the issue requires urgent actions with new cases happening daily. Helen Teter, a director of Community Links and Human Empowerment Initiative says one of the two girls that were impregnated in a recent rape case has just put to bed.
11: Last two weeks
4: we
5: had two cases reported to, to us as CSOs that two young girls are impregnated by one of the security agencies.
4: One of them have put to birth, the other is just 14 months gone. And there are just a
5: few, a representation of other issues ongoing in the camp.
13: Confirming the concerns expressed by the rights activists, an embittered member of the IDP community says all they do is sit down and watch their wives and daughters being led away to be raped like sheep to the slaughter by security men who should be up in arms to defend the refugees.
11: Security men here rape our lady here, and the host communities are sleeping with our children, our wives, and the rest of them. And we don't have what to do. We don't have any option than to sit down and look.
13: What a helpless situation you would say. But then the Benue State Government, act by the development, has charged its State Emergency Agency to investigate the incidents and make sure corporates are brought to book after due process by a court of competent jurisdiction. Emmanuel Shaw is the executive secretary of the emergency agency. I'm
8: working with uh, security agencies also to get to the bottom of the issue in terms of getting evidence mm. against the security agents the security personnel that um, are accused uh, when we we'll have enough evidence against them I assure you that uh, I will get them to uh, first uh, the law.
13: From government records, 13,000 children were born in 2017 alone by rape victims who cannot identify their attackers. There are 68.5 million internally displaced persons across the globe with 40 million of these numbers in their countries of origin. From about 868,000 in 2014, the number of internally displaced persons in Nigeria has swelled to over 1.7 million in 2018 with no hope of reduction as Boko Haram continues to attack and force locals out of their homestead daily. These incidents have heightened the possibility of food crisis in the country while the IDPs live in deplorable conditions without social amenities like water, health and educational facilities. From Lagos, Nigeria, I am Collins Snosa Atohengwe for Channel Africa News.
8: Just a reminder, Spotlight Africa, a feature program that showcases and highlights African issues from an African perspective, can be heard every Wednesday at 1000 hours UCT, with repeats on Wednesday at 2000 hours, Thursday at 300 hours and Sunday at 1300 hours UCT. Listen to Spotlight Africa, a program that interrogates issues from an African perspective. Spotlight Africa.
1: Our economics update's up next with Tabisol Hoko.
14: Good morning. Uganda is in the process of amending previous laws that prohibit production of cannabis to allow a new line of investors that could potentially change the country's economy. The Ministry of Agriculture says a team from the government is preparing a cabinet paper that would direct discussions on the merits and demerits of commercial production of industrial ca- cannabis. Nigeria's State Employment Trust Fund says it has signed a memorandum of understanding with the United States African Development Fund to support 15,000 youths in the state worth 10 million US dollars. The agreement will ensure that both parties jointly provide the sum of 2 million dollars every year for five years to provide skill development and internship opportunities to 3,000 youths. The initiative includes a training of participants and provision of internship opportunities of over a period of six months. There have been further falls in the stock markets in East Asia ahead of a new round of trade talks between the United States and China. The Chinese Vice-Premier is expected in Washington just a day before additional U.S. tariffs have come into force on billions of dollars of Chinese goods. On Wednesday, U.S. President Donald Trump said China's position had to change.
3: So I just announced it we'll increase tariffs on China and we won't back down until China stops cheating our workers and stealing our jobs and that's what's going to happen otherwise we don't have to do business with them we don't have to do business we can make the product right here if we have to, like we used to remember, like we used to
14: Researchers at Rwanda Agriculture Board have announced that they are planning on providing seeds to farmers to conduct an on-farm trial for nine coffee varieties that are expected to produce high yields. The varieties, dubbed F1 hybrids, have already been tried at the research station. Researchers say the new varieties set to address challenges of coffee production in Rwanda. The Reserve Bank of Australia has confirmed that its new $50 note carries a spelling mistake. The note has a picture of Australia's first female Member of Parliament, but the money had already been in circulation for months before the printing error was spotted. The BBC's Jewel Griffiths reports. The $50 note is the most widely circulated in Australia and the most common given out by cash machines. On one side it contains a picture of Australia's first female Member of Parliament, Edith Cohen, and a quote by her on the responsibility she felt. But the word responsibility is missing an eye.
9: It took more than
14: six months for an eagle-eyed user to report the mistake. The Reserve Bank says it will be corrected on the next print run. The US dollar is trading at 358.22 Nigerian Nara. 1063 Botswana Pula 99.81 Kenyan shilling and 1285 for Zambian guacha. In BRICS currencies, a 1 US dollar will cost you 395 Brazilian roll. 65.15 Russian ruble, 69.63 Indian rupee six seventy nine Chinese yuan and uh, fourteen thirty seven to the South african rand the u s dollar is also trading at seventy six pence to the British pound and at eighty nine cents to the euro. A look at commodities markets now gold is trading at uh, one thousand to eighty dollars platinum eight fifty nine dollars pounds. The price of brand crude oil is at sixty nine dollars seventy cents a barrel. Channel Africa.
1: Our sports update up next with Figile Linguati.
0: First up in our sports update, we're running off with the athletics news. The International Association of Athletics Federation, the IAAF) insists it is not solely targeting South Africa's cluster Semenya with its new gender rules for classifying female athletes. This comes after Semenya last week lost a court challenge against the IAAF over plans to force female athletes to regulate their testosterone levels. The decision by the Court of Arbitration for Sport means that female athletes with elevated testosterone will have to take suppressive treatment if they wish to compete as women in certain events. Tennis News, South Africa's top tennis players will pit their skills against their overseas counterparts in the South African Spring Open to be hosted by Tennis South Africa TSA at Ellis Park Tennis Precinct in Johannesburg in September. The event will be sanctioned by the International Tennis Federation. Tennis South Africa CEO Richard Glava says they are ready.
15: So, uh, I think the, the first thing to say is this is a very unique event for World Tennis because it's a combined event in terms of it's a wheel, it's an ITF wheelchair tennis grade 2 event and it's an ITF uh, World Tennis Tour, $15,000 men, $15,000 women, um, able-bodied events as well, which is unique. And so what it does mean is it gives our kids and our talented young up-and-coming players, both wheelchair tennis players and able-bodied players, a chance to play on their home, home ground in an international tournament and earn international ranking points and it does mean that they will play be playing against international players from around the world as well quite a, quite a catchy name uh, spring spring open a spring open very catchy yeah so uh, <laughs> I, th- I think Mafadi and, and vision view have, have got a very big vision for this event about really growing this event over the next few years So I think it's starting at a one level and it's going to go up three or four levels over those few years and they really came up with a the name they want September because it's spring they wanted something iconic and special and I think it's a, it's a really good name and I think it's history is being made today people talk about the spring open for years to come.
0: Two-time Grand Slam champion Lucas Citole feels this ITF-sanctioned event will be a great opportunity to also pick up ranking points for Paralympic qualification. It's a good opportunity for us, you know, to to be in a one category with the uh, normal guys able-bodied uh, tennis. Uh, you know, it's going to be a a massive tournament for us and it's also going to give us a lot of points in terms of qualification for the paralympics for next year for the guys who really need it the guys who are ranked lower than us i think this is the great opportunity i think this is going to be very big for us you know because most uh Most of the South African players at the moment are struggling to compete a lot internationally. But now having this tournament coming to us, then we need to grab it with both hands. And I think it's going to be a great opportunity also for the youngsters to come and learn from the other people. Because I saw on the upstairs list, there's a lot of international players which are coming through. So it's going to be a big tournament for us. And in Madrid Open, Kei Nishikori will face Stanislas Vavrinka in the third round of the ongoing Madrid Open after battling past Bolivian qualifier Hugo Delian. Nishikori needed just over two hours to win 7-5 and 7-5, however Delian saved seven set points during an impressive fight back from 5-1 down in the opening set. The Japanese will go up against Vavrinka today for a place in the quarterfinals. Bavringa beat Argentina's Guido Pelav 6-3 and 6-4 with a break in each set, proving enough for the three-time Grand Slam champion. And finally, with rugby news, Kenya's national under-20 rugby team, popularly known as Chipu will train in South Africa next month ahead of its opening match of the 2019 World Rugby Under-20 Trophy to be held on the 9th to the 21st of July in Brazil. Kenya faces Uruguay in its opening match of the tournament, and team manager Jimmy Mnene says Chipu are banking on support from the government to make the trip. And he continues to say that they will facilitate their preparations in South Africa well. That's your sport news this hour. Africa rise and shine. Africa, so Africa, amuka na unai.
1: Recapping our top stories on Africa, rise and shine at the Sawa, South Africa's ruling party takes an early lead as results start trickling in and South Africa signs new oil deal in war ravaged South Sudan. That wraps up Africa, rise and shine today. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producer Pumudzara Magaza, technical producer Revelino Ibrahim and the rest of the team, thank you for joining us.